0: Good morning, and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name is Tom Short. So glad to have you along with us today on the Saturday morning as we want to talk about an important aspect of theology. As we come here and get in the Word of God every day, we want to understand the Word of God. We want to think about it. We want to apply it. And I want to talk today about the Word of God, the Bible, and Islam. Islam is back in the news again. For years, Islam seemed to have have quieted down for after 9-11 on the campuses. It came up every day. What does Islam believe? What do Muslims believe? Is it a religion of peace? What is jihad? All of these things. And for years, this was a big topic on the campuses. And then it seemed to all quiet down, and uh, there was not a lot of terrorism and so on. And in light of what happened in Israel on October 7th, and now Israel's response to that, Islam is back in the news again. And I think it's worth us talking about and finding out what does Islam actually believe. And I want to begin today by saying I'm encouraged. One reason I'm encouraged is in the last 20 years, I don't know if I've ever gotten a Muslim to accept a Bible from me. The Bible tells Muslims to look to the in-jail, the Injil is the Arabic word for gospel. And that and that the Injil is the good news about God. And so the Injil they understand is the gospel in the Bible. But they believe the Bible's been corrupted. So they they won't read the Bible. They won't I I've, I've had Muslims won't don't want to touch a Bible. And and they won't go to the Injil to discover the good news about Jesus Christ. And yet this week this week I had I talked to I think I talked to three Muslims, and all three of them received from me a copy of the New Testament and promised me they would read it. Now, to me, that's again, that's a breakthrough. I've never seen that happen before, where people would say, yes, I want to understand the Injil. I want to understand the good news. I'm a believer, my friends, that there's power in the Word of God. There's power in the Scriptures. There's power in the Gospel. And if a person will read the New Testament with any bit of an open heart whatsoever, there's power there and people can save them. We've been praying that as a result of what's happening in Israel now, that, that all the bloodshed and all the carnage and all the, all the violence, that there would be some sort of a movement of God to save both Jews and, and the Arab people. And indeed, maybe we're seeing progress in this. I'm I'm hoping and praying for these men who took the Bible from me, Muhammad, Muhammad, and Ferris. I pray for them. But what is Islam? Islam is based on five pillars or five basic beliefs that are found in the religion of Islam. I thought we'd look at them quickly. The Islamic religion is explained in the Quran. The Quran is their scriptures. It was believed that the Quran or the claim is that the angel Gabriel gave Muhammad revelations. This is back I believe Muhammad was born like 572 AD 562 or 72, excuse me. And so these were in right around the right around the year 600 610 613 etc that he received these revelations. And Muhammad was illiterate so he couldn't write them down. But he remembered them, and he would teach them, recite them. Other people would memorize them as well. And in time, they were written down in the Quran, the book, what they consider to be their holy book. There are five basic pillars upon which the Islamic religion stands. Let's take a look at them and talk about how they relate to the Christian faith. Number one is the first pillar, and this is how a person becomes a Muslim. They recite, they make the statement, there is no God but Allah. And Muhammad is his prophet. Okay, there's no god but Allah, and Muhammad is his prophet. Now, interestingly, when Muhammad lived in the city of of uh, Mecca, there were 360 different gods in the city. Mecca was an international travel route, and there were there were uh, gods gods idols from all over the world in that city the revelation that he received said, no, these are all idols. These are false gods. They shouldn't be worshipped. There's only one God. His name is Allah, and he's the only one that should be worshipped. And so the first and most important thing in Islam is the rejection of anyone they would call a partner of Allah or any idol. The most important thing in Islam is the recognition that there is but one God, and they are monotheistic fiercely monotheistic. Now, interestingly, how does this relate to, to us as Christians? A lot of people believe and claim that Muslims and Christians worship the same God, and that just as Christianity came out of Judaism, Judaism being the first monotheistic religion, the religion God revealed himself to Abraham and started the religion of monotheism. Of course, Abraham had lived in a polytheistic idol-filled culture as well, and God revealed to him that there's but one God, and from that came Christianity and Islam, and some people have been believed and that's being taught that from Christianity came Islam, and just as uh, all three are monotheistic religions, and all three are worshiping the same God, and each successive one is a continuation of the previous one, well, I believe that Christianity is a continuation of Judaism and we worship and believe the same thing other than we, we believe Jesus to be the Messiah and they do not by and large many Jews do but Judaism as a whole does not. But does Islam worship the same God as Judaism and Christianity? I think not. Number 1, his name is you know his name is Allah and that's more than just the Arabic. God has given us the name he should be uh, recognized from Jehovah yahweh adonai etc but more than that is the understanding of the nature of god and this is so very very important as christians we worship the triune god the father the son and the holy spirit we believe that god we believe that not only is this true but it's important to understand that the 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 love of god why do i say that god needs no one to exist and be and show who he is He doesn't need us he didn't need to create the world to demonstrate who he is rather god has always been in community now the chief quality of the of the nature of god is god is love muslims by the way do not believe that we we believe that the that our holy god his nature as the bible says god is love muslims would they downplay that they'd say god is benevolent or god is merciful But there's no concept in Christianity in Islam of really the love of God. As as Muslims, they approach God as a slave. We approach God as a father. Jesus taught us to pray, "Our Father who art in heaven." That would be blasphemous to a Muslim to call God Father. You approach God. You approach Allah as a slave to a master not as a son to a father. Now, we approach God as as his servants as well, but we're far more than that. We reverence God. We have respect for God. We recognize the, the sovereignty of God. We recognize he's the king of the universe. But the miracle of the gospel is that he's made us his sons and daughters, something that Islam would not have. And, and as we talk about the love of God, the Trinity was a love community. How did God demonstrate love before He created us? If God is love and God doesn't need us, how did he demonstrate his nature? How did he love? If you love, you need someone to love. You need a, an object to love. You need a person to love. Well, for all of eternity, the Father loved the son, the son loved the spirit, the spirit loved the Father. There was this community of love amongst the triune God before creation. Okay, so this is very, very, very important. And by the way, that's important also to understand. Jesus did not become the Son of God, or the Son of God did not come into existence when Jesus was conceived or born. The Son of God has always existed. The eternal triune God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, has always been. Jesus took upon himself human flesh when he took, when he, uh, was conceived of the Virgin Mary and, and was born into this world. He took upon himself human flesh, but he'd always existed. Now, by the way, many Muslims have difficulty understanding this idea of how could Jesus be God and how could Jesus be man. And this is a fundamental difference as we go back to this first pillar. There's no God but Allah, and they're uh, viciously monotheistic, and claiming that to worship Jesus would be polytheism. As a matter of fact, in Islam, the one unforgivable sin is to worship anyone as the partner of Allah, Any anyone, this would be considered idolatry, idolatry and would be considered the unforgivable sin called shirk. Well, how interesting, in Christianity, you must believe Jesus is the Son of God, you must believe He's God come in the flesh, you must believe in the deity of Christ, you must believe that He died and rose again, or you can't be saved. Islam teaches if you believe any of those things, you can't be saved. It's shirk. If you believe he's the, if you're worshiping Jesus as, as God, this is called idolatry, shirk, the unpardonable sin. In Islam, they do not believe Jesus died. They raise the question, how could God die? And it's a fundamental misunderstanding of the incarnation. Jesus, God took on human flesh. When he took on human flesh, he chose to live as, a, as one of us. He chose to limit himself. He chose to live as a person. He never stopped being God, but when Jesus walked the earth, he had laid aside his privileges. We read in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 and 6, have this attitude in yourself, which also was in Christ Jesus, who although he existed in the form of God, did not require, regard equality with God a thing to be grasped but he emptied himself or he laid aside his privileges. So when Jesus walked the earth, he needed to sleep because although he's God, he was not exercising omnipotence, all power. He needed to learn. He's a child. He grew up. He needed to learn to read and write. He needed to learn things. Even though he was God in the flesh, he was not all knowing, omniscient. He couldn't be in in, in Nazareth and in India and in China and everywhere else, all at the same time, like God can, because He'd taken upon Himself a body and He was limited in where He could be. This is the incarnation. He was fully man, fully God. I liken the incarnation, by the way, I liken it to uh, I, I say, suppose you have a, a billionaire, and I use the illustration Bill Gates, and say Bill Gates wants to be humanitarian and care for the poor, and he decides, I'm a billionaire but I think what I'd like to do is spend the next month or two with the homeless. And so what he does is he puts on poor, uh, you know, old clothing. He goes and he lives under a bridge. He leaves behind his mansion, his limousine, his credit card, his bank account, his cash, his wallet, everything. And for a month or two, he lives like a homeless person. He's still Bill Gates. He's still a billionaire. He never stopped being who he really is but he chose to identify with these other people and live with these other people as if he was one of them for a period of time, although he never stopped being who he was. Jesus never stopped being God. When he came to earth, he never stopped being God, but he lived fully as a man. He was tempted in all things like us, but he was without sin. He, had, Like I said, he had to learn to read, write. He had to learn things. He had to. Uh, he, he got tired. He had to eat. He lived as one of us. Why, you see, this is something Islam does not understand. God loves us. The God of the Bible loves us. He came to be among us. He came that we might know Him and be known. The God of the Christian faith is not a God way off in the distant, uh, up in space somewhere, far, far away that we just that 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 we cannot know. He is. He's come near to us. He's he's been among us. He's walked with us. He's tempted in the things we've tempted. He knows the things we go through. He's experienced it. He passed the test, which enabled him to do to give his life as a ransom for our sins. Remember, we, Jesus is God, but he's man. He did not—you cannot say God died. His spirit lived on, but his body died. His body bore the punishment of our sins, and— Why did he do that? The wages of sin is death. The punishment of sin is death. Scripture says the soul that sins, it will die. Jesus is our, came to be our savior. He came to offer himself as a sacrifice for our sins. He came to lay down his life for us. This is something Islam would never teach, would never believe that God cares about you that much. In Islam, God may be merciful to you. He may have pity on you. He may allow you into heaven if, you, if, he, if he wills and if he desires and he thinks you're worthy of it. But the idea that he would see you as a sinner, that he cares about, that he loves, that he would even lay down his life, sacrifice for your sake, not Islam. You sacrifice for him. Now, in Christianity, of course, we follow him. We sacrifice for him as well. But it's a love relationship. Why do we follow Jesus? Not out of fear of punishment but out of love for him. Why do we want to live a holy and righteous life? Not out of fear that if we don't, God's going to punish us, even though that's true, but we do it out of a greater motive. We've been won by his love. The gospel message tells us that God loves us and we love him because he first loves us. And this is fundamentally different than Islam. God in Islam, it's all about you becoming the slave and submitting to Allah getting getting this stop sinning stop rebellion submit to him in christianity the god of of christianity the god we know he loves us and what he's done for us engenders in us a love of return as christians we love god islam not so much they worship god they revere god they fear god we love god and that's a big difference. Hey, I can tell I've spent my 15 minutes here, and we're only on the first pillar, so we'll continue this tomorrow. If you're new here with us, welcome. Uh, We come here every day and get into the Word of God, 8.30 a.m. live Eastern Time. I hope you will join us, but I want to pray here for a moment, and I want to pray for anyone who's listening in, particularly today if you're Muslim, and if you're listening in uh, to what this, we're about. Let me say a prayer for you if I could. Father in heaven, We come to you today with respect, with reverence. You are the almighty God, the creator of all that is. You are the one who was our judge. You're the one who gave us your law. And we thank you and we bless you. But Lord, we confess, Father, we confess that we have all fallen short of it. And we acknowledge that we've sinned against you. And it's our desire to be forgiven. We thank you that you love us. Thank you that you have mercy on us. Thank you. You sent your only Son, Jesus Christ, to bear the punishment that we deserved, so that we might receive a just forgiveness. Your justice is done. The sin was punished, but your love was demonstrated in that you bore the price. You bore the the, the penalty for us. We praise you. We give you thanks, Father. We thank. We worship you. We want to know you, and we want to love you. I pray this for everyone here today, Lord. If there's anyone this is new to, help them to understand this beautiful gospel message. Those of us who believe, Lord, already, might might we enjoy knowing that we have a relationship with the living God. We love you and bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And amen. Hey, thanks for joining me today. Like I said, we come here every day. Tomorrow we will continue our discussion about the five pillars of Islam and how that relates to the Christian faith. It's not the same religion. Ours is one of freedom, joy, victory and love. And we'll see we'll continue to see the difference there. Hey to those of you who come here regularly, I love you. If you're new, I hope you do subscribe to our channel, come back regularly and get with us, get in the word of God with us day by day. You'll see your life change if you do. There's power in the Word of God. God bless you. I love you. And we'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Bye-bye.